Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now is going on everybody what's up folks we are back again this is going to be episode number 86 and it's going to be a two-part series because this shit pig was had too much information to uh to do all in one episode before we get started let's talk about some studio headphones go over to studio.com check out their website find out what you want be it headphones or earbuds or a nice bluetooth speaker Yes. Put that in your checkout basket. And or go to checkout and put the discount code of DarkWindows15 in to get 15% off your entire order. Yeah. And while you're on the internet, because, you know, you're on the internet if you're doing that, go to darkwindowspod.threadless.com and get a fucking t-shirt or something. They got all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get coffee mugs. I, might, I was thinking about doing that, but I'm like, I already have a shitload of mugs, so... Do I need another one? Probably yeah. not. Anyway, you find all kinds of cool stuff with our logo on it. So with that being said, we're going to jump into this week's episode. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know nothing about it. Uh, this is a dude that I've wanted to cover since day one of the show. Uh, we're going to talk about Anatoly Onoprienko, mm. who is a Ukrainian serial killer slash giant piece of shit. So, oh, aren't most serial killers pieces of shit? This one's like special. Okay. Yeah, he's a particular different breed of piece of shit. Sure. Yeah, we, yeah you'll see what I'm talking about. So, Anatoly Onoprienko was born in Lasky, Zodomir Oblast, Ukraine, July 25th, 1959, to his father, Yuri, and his mother, who I, I found a couple of different names, so I didn't really pick one. Because there were, you know, like five, six different names that this woman had, apparently, according to different sources. So it doesn't really matter. Um, Anatoly had an older brother named Valentin, who was 13 years older than him. His father, Yuri, was a decorated soldier during World War II. Um, but as good as he was in the Soviet Army, he may have gotten a medal for world's shittiest dad outside of that. Because he used to beat the crap out of both the boys and his wife on a regular basis. When Anatoly was four, his mother died in 1963. Um, pretty quickly after she died, like within a couple of months, Yuri brought uh, little Anatoly to an orphanage, Privetno, and uh, and basically just dumped him there. Uh, Valentin got to stay with his father, probably because he was, you know, at that point in time, he was like 17 years old and he's basically a grown-ass man. 
So you can't really put someone who's almost no. an almost an adult in an orphanage. No, not exactly. No. Um, so Anatoly would actually still have contact with his grandmother and a couple of his aunts. But his grandmother would, would come see him every couple weeks. She'd bring him snacks and, like, little trinkets and shit like that to play with. Um, she would even actually help to get him into a better orphanage instead of the one that he started off in. A better orphanage instead of just taking him. She couldn't oh, because okay. cause she was, she was kind of old. She was, like, in her 80s at this point. So she couldn't necessarily take care of a, a child by herself. Okay. So she just basically was like, let's try to get him into a better shitty situation. <laughs> uh, or a less shitty situation. Yeah, that, that could work too. So he, as a kid, he was always shy. Um, and at the orphanage, he had a really hard time opening up to other kids and uh, like the workers that were there. He, he was not real talkative as a kid. And he would actually pretty early on come to resent the fact that he was abandoned by his father. So he, he would actually go on later in life during like interviews with doctors and psychologists and all this to say that it, what he came to do was his predetermined destiny. And he also said that something like 70% of people that are brought up in orphanage that are brought up in orphanages end up in prison as adults, which I don't think is true. I I, th- I think I some I think you could be brought up in an orphanage and still grow up to be a you know perfectly well adjusted adult. Probably, yeah. I don't think it automatically makes you like a fucking criminal. Yeah, I don't think there's like it's automatic. We're gonna come to learn he's not super bright. He's kind of an idiot. Okay. So during his teenage years in school, Anatoly used to take long walks by himself, and while out on these walks, he kind of fell in love with being outside, like being in the woods. Um, and he decided to enroll in the Molin College of Forestry when he was 14 years old. While in school, he would also get involved in sports, uh, mostly like team sports, but mostly soccer. He didn't so much like hockey or anything else. It was mostly he wanted, he was mostly a soccer kid. So aside from soccer and forestry, he did have some other extracurricular activities that he really got into, like uh, smoking cigarettes and drinking vodka. So the teachers would often, like teachers would often catch him, you know, outside, fucking get a butt hanging out of his mouth and a little bottle of vodka in a paper bag or whatever. No matter how many times he got caught for drinking and smoking and stealing stuff, he always, uh, he he didn't really have any interest in rehabilitating himself, like changing his ways. He had no, no, like, eh, why, 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 what's wrong with what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. And this is kind of a precursor to some other things that would come because this is like the very beginning, some of the like early signs of psychopathic behavior. Um, and I'm not just talking out of my ass. I did do a little bit of looking into this. Psychologists have done studies and found that psychopaths had a, have a very hard time following rules that are based on morals. So if you set a rule like don't steal stuff because it's not bad, it's bad. Don't uh, don't smoke cigarettes and drink because it's bad for you. They're going to be like, fuck you. I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah. So, so at this point, it's uh, 1976, and he starts really 
fallen behind in his grades and everything, and he ends up being expelled from school uh, at 17. So at that point, he decides to hit the road. He lost all of his passion for everything he'd like doing, except stealing shit. His problem was that he, he had a really hard time making any kind of meaningful relationships, be it friendships or romantic or anything like that, uh, due to the abandonment issues that he had when he was a kid. He never really got over the whole fact that his dad didn't want him and just fucking shipped him off to a, you know, to an orphanage. He continued his self-destructive path after being forced from school by stepping up the amount of petty crimes he was committing. He had left Privetno looking for a sign and a sense of belonging. And the sign that he found was for the Soviet army. And this, this had to have been a, a challenge for him considering he had a very isolated personality and he didn't communicate well with other people and he wasn't necessarily the best at making friends. Well, he would have had to have joined anyway. Not necessarily. No, you have to. It's uh, uh, a thing you have to do. Every boy at what, 18 or whatever. Oh, they, they so, did have so conscription? One, yeah, one, okay. they still do, I think. I, th- I think. I'm not 100% on that. I wouldn't be surprised. But. Because Russians are fucking crazy. I know that they, at least as far as I, I mean, my, because my uh, brother's uh, brother-in-law is Russian. And he was talking about how um, the reason why they left Russia was because he would have had to, um, him and his brother, I think, would have had to join the military. And his parents didn't want that. So they just took off on a boat and, you know, sailed. Okay, well, that makes sense then. But, yeah, he would have had to join anyway. So he just joined a little early. Right, yeah. I mean, it's probably better to get it out of the way. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... This is, you know, start of uh, still Vietnam, so I don't think Russia, eh. Russia Vietnam era. Yeah, this is not. This is 1976 when he joined. Cold War. Oh, Cold War started. was still fucking bubbling yeah. pretty good. So he would be stationed in Vyborg, which is actually near Leningrad. So he left the Ukraine. Well, he was sent from the Ukraine into Russia for his training and all that stuff. He still had a really hard time making any kind of friends in the army, but he did get some pretty top-notch firearms training, which unfortunately came in handy in the future. Well, because at this time, wasn't uh, Ukraine was? Oh yeah, it was. It was all Soviet, Soviet Russia. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was the was the USSR right? But he got sent from where from Ukraine, where he grew up, is now yeah into Russia. Yeah. yeah. So he was actually discharged after only three years in 1979 at the age of 20. He then went on to join the deck crew of a cruise ship, which was uh, which sailed out of Odessa into the Black Sea, um, all, all, all over the place. But he was mainly based out of Odessa. Like, that's where he would stay when he wasn't, uh, when the ship wasn't out, he would stay in Odessa at, that like, a hotel. Port of, there. His port of call. There, That's why you're here, because you know all the fancy shit. <laughs> So while on board, he would fall back into his old habits, withdrew into his own mind, and he started to steal shit from other co-workers, from the guests on the ship. Didn't really talk to anybody all that much. Weird dude. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a sense of a possibility here of what he could have done, but I'm going to keep that to myself. Oh, go ahead. What? No, 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 no. I have to... I, I'm... I'm 
just the boat thing and kind of, you know, it's putting me on this uh, this path that he could be using. Uh, the boat is a uh, uh, a means of escape. So that's sort of what I'm getting. I'm I can foreshadow to see, but I could be wrong. You're no. you're wrong, but he did use the boat as basically his own personal shoplifting center. <laughs> he, okay. He had a he had a quote from uh, in an interview with one of the doctors. He said, "I had keys to most parts of the ship after the first year that I that I'd been on there, and I had made enough money to buy a car. I was earning a lot of money and making even more in other ways. So not only is he collecting a paycheck, he's still stealing shit from people on the boat." And fencing it off, you know. Uh-huh. So he like like we just said, he did fence off a lot of his stolen goods and bought stuff that wasn't readily available in the Soviet Union, and he would then sell that stuff to other dirt bags to make even more money. So his big thing was he would try to buy stuff from the Western world. Uh-huh. So he's trying to buy uh, goods from like. Western Germany, France, England, America, all this stuff that you weren't allowed to have yeah, cause, in the Soviet Union. Because Soviet Union is basically its own it – It's, like it's North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, or Ch- China too. Well, unfortunately, China's not isolated enough because everybody's got fucking Modelo no, virus no, or no, whatever. No, no, no. <laughs> at, at one time, right. they were you – know, it was basically you couldn't do anything outside of – the country. Right, right, right. You know, it, the state-run country. Still it, is state-run. Yeah. Um, Soviet Union, well... That's yeah, how communism that's not, works. Well, they, they tried it, but they failed real hard. <laughs> they failed real fucking I'm, hard. I'm going to go ahead and give communism one star, tried it once, won't again. Oh, I, I definitely... Yeah. <laughs> it's called human factor yeah. came in. So, because, you know... They tried to play by the rules, but then they were like, yeah, no, no, we like our power too much. Right. And that's why communism doesn't work. And it also doesn't work because people are greedy and don't want to share a lot of things. They want their own. This is mine. Yeah. Not ours. Yeah. Utopia don't work. No, there's no such thing. Uh, so th- things were actually starting to go pretty good for, for our buddy Anatoly at this point. He was getting to see some of the world on a cruise ship. He's, you know, out on the ocean, which for me, I'd be fucking ecstatic about just being like, you're going to pay me to live on a boat. Fuck yeah, let's do this. So he's seen a little bit of the world. He's stealing stuff from people on the boat, making money. And he ends up meeting a girl and falling in love with her. She was all, she, ten- she was actually another uh, a crew member on the ship. She was a, I can't remember if they said she was a waitress or um, like a stewardess kind of thing or whatever, something like that. Like uh-huh. the kind of person that would go around and be like, hey, you know, go to your room and be like, hey, do you need anything? This, that, the other, whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. So after a short period of time, she became pregnant and needed to find other work besides being on the ship. Because I can't imagine being pregnant and working on a cruise ship are a good idea when you mix the two. Probably not. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. Yeah, it probably would exacerbate your, uh, your morning sickness. Morning and, sickness. Yeah. Quite a bit. <laughs> so this actually really, really annoyed Anatoly because he was actually for once was enjoying what he was doing, where he was out on the sea robbing people like some fucking rat faced little pirate. 
And when I say rat faced, if you look up a picture of him, yeah, he's pretty gross. The pair moved to her home in the southwestern Ukrainian town of I am so sorry. I'm going to butcher the fuck out of this. Oh, ooh, that's a good town. I am so sorry. I'm going to butcher the fuck out of this. is how I'm going to go with it. Uh, he very. I, I'm sorry, but I like. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'm going to butcher yeah. the fuck out of this for 5,000, please. Yes. I like that far better than Dien Pernu or whatever. So he was he was really reluctant about moving there and getting off the ship, but he eventually agreed because, you know. Because they moved to, I'm so sorry, I'm a bunch yeah. of the fuck out of this. And he's in love with her, and she's pregnant, and he's actually excited about it. Oh. I know. It's it's romantic. <laughs> and when they get there, he ended up finding a job at a local fire station. Keep that in mind. Okay. He was a firefighter. Okay. Okay. Put that in the back of your fucking... Okay. Your brain locker for a minute. Okay. No, it's 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 being categorized. Perfect. <laughs> I have I have it in a category already. He uh, th- th- this is when he started to, you know, he starts to get bitter because he doesn't have his job that he liked anymore, and he's doing something that he doesn't really enjoy. And this is when his violent tendencies start to show. He had a coworker actually during an interview say, a colleague started arguing with him over nothing in particular. Ona Prienko walked to his car, pulled out a handgun, and ordered him against the wall. He jabbed the gun in the man's stomach and then in his throat and, th- and threatened that he was going to kill him. Over a fucking squabble over nothing, pretty much. So he's got a real short temper. So it's almost like he's getting cabin fever or... Yeah, cab- yeah okay, yeah. yeah. Cabin fever on land... Yep. But, what, you know, because he'd rather have his sea legs He's back. cooped up. Yeah. Because, you yeah. know, sometimes you get that way on uh, if you're an isolated place or you're, well, such as, like, being on, on the sea. Right. Or in an isolated part of uh, the woods or something. Exactly. But he's not, he has that in, in, like, the middle of town. But, yeah, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. He's, he's feeling cooped up. He doesn't like it. And... I'm going to be that guy, but not to be that guy. I've met but a few are that guy. I've met, I've met a couple of Russians in my life. They're not known for having the most understanding of tempers. <laughs> you know, uh, the ones that I've met, usually if you, they get pissed off like a wee quick. Uh, my brother's brother-in-law, Johnny or Evgeny doesn't, he doesn't seem like he's ha- has that temper. I bet he does. He just hides it well. He has a better control over it than the ones that I've met. Probably. Yeah. Because you met you met the one I used to work with. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're not. Yes, gonna, yeah. Yes. I don't him and I almost got into a couple of fist fights. I don't remember his yeah. name, but okay. He was a big son of a bitch. Yeah. Do do do. Okay. So after a, a pretty short time living with his pregnant girlfriend. So to so he's he's getting antsy like we were yeah, saying he's yeah. he's got the cabin fever he's got the fucking ants in his pants wants to get out and go he, he's got he's got the he's got the thing so we're I want to I don't want to do this too much but I'm gonna have to we're gonna have to get into like a little bit of psychology with shit oh my goodness because it it makes sense because you have okay. to have the explanation of it so Anatoly I mean he was for definite a psychopath there's no arguing that fact at all. 
he showed a lot of other other tendencies of his psychopathy other than the the temper and the stealing shit and having absolutely no regard for rules because fuck the rules I'm me I'm going to do what I want. He yeah, a, at this point I would say he's just Russian and and being that there's nothing really fucking there for him to do I just blame him on being on Russia. But, you know. <laughs> so not all psychopaths are Russian, but all Russians are psychopaths. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't. No, I, I can't. No, I can't. I can't this way. You know, get, and he's not even Russian. He's just Soviet. So he's just Ukrainian. Well, we gonna talk about another Ukrainian here in a second. That was a fucking monster, too. Um He's what they refer, what a lot of psychologists would refer to as a sensation-seeking individual, which means that thrill seeker, basically, sort yes, of. yeah, kind of, sort of, but a little different because the way they explained it is when they get bored or feel like life is getting stagnant, they'll find any means necessary to get out, get out of what they're doing, and go do something different instead. Okay, so I'm just trying to. I'm so trying, I mean, he's, I'm trying he's to not uh, like. I'm trying to put it with someone else we've talked about. Um, I don't. Um, I'm trying to think if, if if we've talked about anyone else that fits that uh, criteria as well. I mean, um, I don't think we have yet. This guy's a this guy's a different animal. Unless, well, no. Well, I mean, well, we haven't talked about him, but. We know it. Dahmer was kind of not Dahmer, but uh, uh, Bundy. Ted Bundy was he was uh, he was kind of that way, not because to... he would got it. You know, he had a relationship, right? Um, but I think he got bored in it and wanted something else beyond it, and kind of I. Th- it's almost like he kind of did push her away, and then he left, and then. You know, he, he kind of moved and moved and moved different yes, places. Yes, plus with Bundy, it was also to cover his own ass so that he didn't get caught because he knew if he stayed in one place for too long with one person for too long, eventually he was going to slip and something was going to come out and then he was done. Yeah, this, I mean, but the, that's only... Uh, or, or, well, what about... um, uh, What's his name? Um... Gosh, I can't think of his name. Um, uh, Fudge Sickles. The one that we covered uh, that that uh, was like a closet gay or whatever. Her Baumeister? Yes, Ber- Baumeister. Because eh. he, he kind of it was like he, he kind of got bored a little bit with his normal life. So he pushed away his, you know, his wife and whatever. Yeah, but not, not to the extent that this guy does. Okay. Okay. All I mean, right. You're, you're you're right. He did, but Anatoly is a he, so it's a different beast. Th- this is this is like the professional wrestler thing where you take your personality and just fucking crank it to like twelve. And this guy was already at twelve to begin with, so he's like, let's see what fifteen or twenty does. Okay. Okay. So the whole cooped up bullshit becomes very apparent when about three weeks after his child was born, he packs up in the middle of the night, fucking cuts town. Never speaks to her or the child ever again. Just gone. See ya. Okay. I mean, that's uh, that's. I I wouldn't say that's a uh, 
borderline, you know, not so, but that's just... But it goes into that sensation-seeking thing of like, oh shit, now I'm stuck here. Well, yeah, or it just goes into the fact of you're... You feel trapped and you you don't want to be trapped anymore. Just like, I mean, 90, like what is, uh, I'd say about 50%, maybe more of men feel that way sometimes and about the same amount of women. Yeah. You know, because they're not ready to settle down. I get that. I get like that with jobs where I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore because it's fucking boring and I'm stuck here because I can't find anything else to do. Yeah, I don't do that. But you know what? I posted that psychopath test on Facebook, on the Facebook page, just to make sure that I'm not fucking crazy, and I only got a five on it, so I'm fine. I didn't finish mine. It's only like ten questions. I started it, and I Maybe didn't... you're a fucking psychopath. I don't I know. I could be. Um, Strongly. But, but I almost wonder if some of this had anything to do with the fact that he grew up without a family, and he didn't know how to be a father because his father was a piece of shit true and it, i'm not gonna say it's it's the well i don't want my kids to grow up the way that i want to it's more that i don't want to fucking be involved because i don't know what i'm doing or i don't know how t- i well it could be both i it, think so it could be that it could be i don't know i don't, I don't know what i'm doing um it, you know it's it's passed along because you oh hey i didn't have a father who wanted anything to do with me so well it's ingrained Gee, I'm not going to do anything with my kid. It's like wife beaters. People that grow up seeing uh, a parent abuse the other tend to do the same thing. True. Male or female. Because that's how you grew up. You don't know any better. Yeah, all psychological. Yeah. So he went back to regular burglary because finding work was incredibly difficult due to the Ukraine still being obviously under Soviet control. The Ukrainians got a pretty shitty deal under Soviets and communism in general, which is saying something for the Soviet Union. But the Ukrainians got it a little bit worse than the rest of everybody else. Uh, They went through a period uh, between 1932 and 1933 called the uh, Holodomor, which literally translates from Russian or Ukrainian or whatever Slavic backwards art language you're talking about to English. And it means to kill by starvation. So nobody in, like, the early 1930s in the Ukraine was having a good time. Nobody was having fun. No. Um, And this period of time actually created another Ukrainian monster that we'll probably have to talk about at some point in time. Andrei Chikatilo, who would go on to kill 53 people between 1978 and 1990. Ooh. Yeah. But. So remember that number 53? Yeah. Okay. Hold on. One second here. You're going to need this <laughs> just for some numbers. Here you go, buddy. Okay. Yeah, because the numbers the numbers game gets pretty fucking intense. All right. <clears throat> so we're at zero. Yeah, we're at zero now. Zero. You ain't killed shit yet, bud. Not yet. But robberies, you're up to at least 15. He's He's been fucking burgling a bunch. He's. Would you say he's damn near uh, pro league? Or is he still in the minors? I'm going to say he's like Ukrainian, like, Hamburglar. Okay. Like, without the cartoony costume and stuff, so he's stealing shit all the fucking time. He's probably got some kind of, like, a little bit of, like, megalomania going on there, too, where he's like, I can steal whatever I want. Or kleptomania, maybe, where it's like, you don't realize you're stealing shit. 
but I think he was fully cognizant that he was stealing stuff that was valuable so that he could sell it. It's not like he's stealing people's toothbrushes and shit just because they're there. So I have just bumped him up to world-class professional burglar because, you know, just a professional would just steal whatever. He's world-class because... He's only stealing the valuables. Yes. Well, he's a smart burglar. That's why I said world-class. I mean, no, world-class burglars are stealing, like, paintings and shit. Listen. Have you ever seen the Thomas Crown Affair? World-class burglars. He's still, like, your run-of-the-mill scumbag that's just, like, rifling through people's houses. All right. Anyway, uh, but you, he, got, you got knocked he's down. A good, he's, he's a good thief. I'll we'll just say. knock him down and professional. Anatoly would spend the next five years drifting around uh, the Ukraine, burgling with impunity. So what, you yeah. tra- so what you're trying to say is there's a song that comes to mind. Uh, he plays, I'm the wanderer. I roam around, around, around. No. You have to translate it into Russian. So it's like, just sounds like their national anthem. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, he he burgled with impunity due to the lack of law enforcement uh, that would actually care about petty crimes and stuff like that. Like, they weren't too worried about somebody breaking into your house and stealing your fucking prized frying pan or whatever he's taken. Okay, before we go any further, I love the term burgled. Yeah, burgled is an awesome word. I'm sorry, but that's just, it's like, you know, it's like uh, in the the movie Lion King, the, 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 the cartoon version when, you know, there's talking to the same Mufasa. Mufasa, say it again, say it again. Okay, listen. Against the willies. Well, that's what that's what I get. Right? Listen, burgled ranks right up there <sighs> for like happy words that feel good to say with cellar door. <laughs> no, cellar door is the perfect English word because there's no other language that can translate cellar door directly to that. It would be something different. Mm. So cellar door is fucking awesome. Okay. Anywho. <laughs> So, anyway, Ukrainian law enforcement, uh, the entire system was stretched pretty thin, and they, like I said, didn't really give much of a shit about small crime at the time. In 1989, when he was 30 years old, his crime started to ramp up more and more. Um, Ukraine was going through something called the Perestroika. Which, oh, I've heard of Yeah, that. so this is a period of a lot of um, socioeconomic... Uh, restructuring in the Soviet Union, and there was riots like daily. So. Yeah, because well, this was. Uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Um, eighty nine was like the tail, it was like tail end of of the uh, socialist. It, th- this uh, was socialist Russia. Yeah, this is right around when Ronald Reagan was like whipped his dick out, and he's like, "Take this fucking Mr. wall yeah, down, Mister Gorbachev." Yeah. Tear down Listen here, wall. you liver spotted fuck. Take the wall down. Yeah, because I think it was eighty. It was like eighty nine, ninety somewhere in there. Some. Something like that? Somewhere, like, in that... But, like, yeah, so so the perestroika was, like, that pre-end of the Soviet Union where shit was starting to change, but it wasn't gone yet. Yeah. So it was... There was upheaval, But, I mean, to it was the also least. the... Kind of like the, the switchover from... Um, we're close to that point of where the tipping balance of going from socialist Russia to democratic Russia. Right. I mean, it was getting to that 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 tipping point where um, it was it was going to be switching over because people just had enough of living right. in shit, and they're like, "Hey, you know, maybe we should try this whole capitalism thing. It might not be a bad idea." Yeah, I mean, they just had enough of and it. And now look at them; they all got fucking tracksuits and gold chains. There's the dude in the commercial with a tiny giraffe with a plate of fucking gold bars. Rush is awesome now. Maybe I don't know. I've never been there. <laughs> 
I don't know. Well, I mean, you just can't go there. That's the thing. You, you No, you can't. You can't just go to Russia. No, but you can go to, like, former Soviet countries and be like, wow, I bet this place fucking sucked in the 80s. Probably, yeah. It's like, you can go to the Ukraine and be like, I bet this place was a dump. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure of it. So, but, I, I mean, it'd still be great to go just because of the fact of of seeing all the um, architecture and... Yeah, oh, shit, dude, well, all the I fucking mean, Tetris buildings and stuff. Fucking right. <laughs> I think you can go to Russia. No, you can't. Why? Uh, you actually have to have um, uh, you have to f- fill out paperwork to go there. You have to tell say why you're going to go there before you go there. You have to have a sponsor before you go. Okay. So someone that's responsible for you okay. the whole time you're there. So you basically can't just go. Listen, I want to go drink a bunch of vodka, wear a tracksuit, and smoke cigarettes on nope. the street. That's nope. fucking dumb. Nope, you can't. You actually have to have a whole plan, everything else. That's how they kind of. Um, that's their preventative measure from getting, I don't know, shit, shit holes in there. Or, I don't know. I mean, hmm. that's just, I, I don't know, preventative measure, I guess. It's like, I don't, I don't want, I want to go to Moscow. I think, I think that'd be cool to just like go see like Red Square and shit and like all the buildings. See, that'd I be neat. I Petersburg. Yeah. You know, the old capital. Even Odessa. Like I looked up some pictures. That place looks fucking beautiful. Yeah. It's like it's got like a bunch of 19th century architecture and it's still intact. It wasn't like it never got fucked up bad. Like it looks like a really nice place to visit. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of old uh, history. Yeah. You know, from the czars. That's, I mean, St. Petersburg. Even before then. Would be, you know, where all the, where the czars were. Right. You know, that's, that's awesome. But. You know. And honestly, Stalingrad, just because I'm I'm sure there's a fucking museum there, and that was the oh, the Stalingrad is where the that it was uh yeah St. Petersburg became Stalingrad, and I think it went back to St. Petersburg. I don't know, but that was like the bloodiest battle of World War Two, was Stalingrad because like the Germans fucked up. Wow, you don't go into Russia in the middle of winter. Yeah, yeah, not a good idea. You know, they don't realize that. Hitler must have skipped that part of, like, world history where Napoleon was like, hey, let's try Russia out in, like, February. That's a good idea. Yeah. Because guess what? Yeah, you can go across all these swamps, and then the shit freezes behind you. And it freezes while you're still in it. And then you get fucking fucked by bear people. Yeah, it's a, it's like <laughs> a, um, from the show I watched. Uh... And a fucking badass female sniper. True. And a bunch of kids. Yeah. You know, because like you. Well, I mean, that's that was more like Germany because you came was... into the fucking motherland and like, guess what, buddy? We don't. We've got a lot of soldiers, but we don't have a lot of guns. But they so... deployed everybody. They're like, okay, women, get your fucking asses out there. Let's go. We shoot would do the... the same thing here. You know, I, like well... if if we were ever invaded by a foreign power, you're trying to tell me you don't think the government would be like, hey, defend yourselves. True. Even if they didn't say to, I mean, like, fuck that. <laughs> I mean, they just weren't. Uh... It was badass. I mean, yes, but I mean, Red Dawn should be a goddamn documentary. That's all I'm saying. True. Not a fiction movie. <laughs> Try it, Cuba. Let's see what happens. Yeah, in real life, motherfuckers. Yeah, Cuba and Russia, and I you think the Chinese did it too. You thought there was a missile crisis? Yeah. Ah, I hit your fucking missile right here. <laughs> anyway, holy shit, we got way off track there. Uh 
anywho. So he, he used the riots and stuff to his advantage, and he really, really started to step his shit up here. He was breaking into cars and homes in broad goddamn daylight. Didn't care if people were home or not. He didn't care if they were walking to their car and he's just like out there with a fucking Slim Jim. And he's like, oh, hey, what's up, buddy? Um, no, no big deal. I'm just going to take your stereo. Have a good one. <laughs> you don't you don't need that anymore, do you? Yeah, no. No? I didn't no. think so. We're redistributing it because I don't have a stereo for my car. That's how communism works. Yes. <laughs> in 1989, he found himself an apartment, and he, again, was paying for it by selling all the stuff that he'd been stealing over the years. And one day he made, a, made up his mind. He uh, decides he's going to break into his landlord's home. Landlord was a, a woman in her 60s, so she wasn't like – she wasn't a spring chicken. You know, I, she had lived through some She had seen some winter. shit. <laughs> yeah, she had lived through plenty long, cold winters. Yeah. I like to picture she's probably like some little like old like Baba Yaga-looking lady with a headscarf, you know, in her apron. I'm just making bread. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, so he breaks into her house because he saw that she had left, and he – he didn't really stalk people. He more just kind of staked it out for a, you know, a little bit here and there, whatever. But when you yeah. live in the same building as somebody, you kind of get to learn their rhythm and their routines. And he knew that when she left the house for the day, she was usually gone for five, six hours at a time. Mm. So as soon as she leaves, she's out of the building. He smashes in the, the back window in the kitchen, climbs in through, starts rifling through the drawers in the kitchen, looking for valuables. And about, yeah, well, about five minutes after she left, she came right back and uh, she found him going through all of her stuff. He freaks out and without warning, pulls out his handgun, shoots this woman in the the chest, kills her instantly. There's one. Number one. The police get there and they start investigating her death and they end up ruling it um, a robbery gone wrong. Which, they're not wrong. That's exactly what it was. Uh, what I thought was kind of weird is they didn't really question anybody in the apartment complex. Well, you know why? Why? Think about it. Window smashed from the outside. Right. Someone in the car- apartment complex would have broken through the door. No. But they, they didn't even ask, like, hey, did you hear anything? Oh. They're just like, oh, bitch is dead. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> you know? Uh, so after all of these years trying to figure out what he wanted to do to leave his mark on the world for the first time ever, Anatoly's got his plan. He was kind of shocked at first that he had gotten away with everything, but after the dust had settled, he found that he felt good about himself. He felt better. He didn't feel as... Uh, isolated or shit on. Uh. He felt less rage. He wasn't as aimless. He had gotten away with murder and he liked it. So he, he fell headfirst into some tropes of serial killers. The first kill was more of a reaction than a plan to kill somebody, which you see that with a lot of guys. Uh, and he definitely had that release. Felt better. But he's a th- at this point, he's just a thrill killer. Right. A spur-of-the-moment thrill killer. He's not... This, this, he's I, not this true psychopath. 
no, this, I don't think he was even trying to get a thrill out of killing this lady. This was like, oh, fuck, I got caught. Bam. And just yeah. shot her. Well, he's on a, like I said, he's still a sociopath. Right. Well, sort mm-hmm. of. But he's, he's not that, he's, not, he's, well, or he's a psychopath, but for a sure. different breed of psychopath because he's not this typical where you've seen this com- possibly coming because, well, he killed, uh, animals you know when he was younger he was in trouble this and that a lot more no but you definitely see the escalation of yeah i mean he it, it's you know it's who he t- really who he reminds me of the most of anybody that i think i've heard of that i want to talk about is richard ramirez because yeah. he started off doing the same thing breaking into people's houses breaking into people's cars and stealing shit and then oh fuck i got caught bam and kill somebody and go oh what's this that felt pretty good. I yeah, think I want to do this yeah. again. Then he escalated even further. Oh, yeah. We have not even begun to escalate. Okay. So, All right. again, he 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 had that release. Uh, this is really, again, common with serial killers. Some yep. have an emotional release and feel relieved, like what he did. Some have a sexual release, and it gets him off to kill people. And at that point in time, we're going to jump back to Andre Chikatilo because... He definitely fell into that category of the sexual release thing. Like the struggle with people as he was trying to kill him, like he'd just fucking come in his pants constantly when he well, was let's doing not, that. Let's not talk about Chikatilo. But let's, let's you just... kind of have to because of the similarities between the two. Well, we can't. I'll, I mean, but let's I'm just not, keep it. I'm not talking about him a lot. I'm just making the comparison between the two because you, you have to. Because you don't have to, but you can. You have to because they're really similar to each other. Okay. And at this point in time, again, with the whole thing with Chikatilo, starts hearing voices in his head. They told him to release the monster. So he follows the orders and he says that the voices came from a host of demons, including Satan himself. And he started referring to himself. He would actually tell the doctors this as an angel attending the school of Satan. Yeah. So after that first kill, he kind of just fell back into his old old rhythm of robbing houses. And he even actually made a friend at the gym who was also a giant piece of shit who did all kinds of other fun criminal stuff, too, named Sergei Rogozin. Rogozin was a big, burly dude with a buzz cut and a thick mustache. Kind of picture like bodybuilder Stalin. Like, big motherfucker. Like, yeah. big, thick, fucking Zangief-looking piece of shit. Yep. Um, the two were both really good at breaking into houses and stuff, so they decided to team up. And when they were doing that, when they were working together, they were actually making more money each than they would have doing it by themselves. Because you got two sets of eyes, you're going through rooms at, you know, separately and all that, and you, know, you bring all your fucking wares back and split it up on the table. One night, they actually made a trip into Russia to do some B&Es, and on the way back, they spotted a car on a lonely stretch of road that was pulling a trailer. Anatoly, just stone-faced, didn't hesitate, gave no warning, pulls up next to this car, cuts him off. The other driver is in the car, like, obviously, like, what the hell is going on here? He starts hitting the horn and yelling at him and stuff. So, he... 
so as they're sitting there, Rogozin's just kind of like speechless, like, what the hell are you doing? And he just looks over at him. And as he looks over, Anatoly gets out of the car, stops at the back door, opens the door, grabs his rifle, walks up to the driver's side window, tells the guy to roll the window down. As soon as he did, Ona Prianko fired one round point blank into the driver's head. He then pulled back up and fired one more time, killing the passenger. Rogozin at this point in time had gotten out of the vehicle with his gun thinking, okay, cool. We're going to carjack these guys and just take whatever they have. He's in complete shock that this little psychopath has just killed two people for no reason. So, uh, he, he just kind of stood there in shock as, uh, as Anatoly, you know, drags the driver out of the car over to the edge of the road, drags the passenger over, and uh, he comes back to Rogozin and he says, if you ever tell anybody, I will kill you and your entire family. So Rogozin obviously took him seriously, helped him rob the car, set the car on fire, and then they set the bodies on fire. So he's up to three at this point. A month later, the pair again, almost cookie cutter, exact same thing. Driving down this lonely stretch of road, Anatoly snaps. He sees this couple in a car, loses his shit. Absolutely does the same thing. Cuts him off, orders the driver to roll the window down. Window goes down, he fires two shots, one into the driver's head, one into the passenger's head. He then, like, just starts rifling through their pockets. He takes what little valuables they have. And uh, and this time, he did it all by himself. He just drags them over to the side of the road, sets them on fire, and uh, sets the car on fire. He didn't even wipe his hands, like wipe the blood off of his hands before he got back into his own car and just drove away. Guy's fucked. So at this point, Rogozin has started to realize that Anatoly hates seeing families or couples or people with kids. Absolutely hates it. If they're happy, he's not. So after the second roadside killing for the sake of his own children and the rest of his family, Rogozin splits up with him. Um, and when he told Anatoly, Hey, I don't think we're, we need to work together anymore. I don't think it's a good idea. Anatoly was just like, okay, cool. Just don't tell anybody what I did. And, uh, Rogozin didn't. So, I mean, everything was fucking hunky dory there. And again, due to the unrest in the country, the police didn't pursue either man because they didn't have enough evidence at either scene to come up with a suspect or a motive. And that's because Anatoly had no fucking motive for killing these people. He could have just robbed him. He killed him because he wanted to. It's not like they owed him money. It's not like they knew what he had done. He just wanted to kill these people. So the crimes were, even though the crimes were committed less than three weeks apart with an identical outcome, the police couldn't link the two scenes together. They, they couldn't, for whatever reason, couldn't figure out that these two things are the exact same. But we don't know what to do with it. Hmm. I mean, it, to me, it almost seems like it's a little lazy to not even really look into the two and go, these are similar enough. I wonder if something's going on here. Now, with the idea that he could get away with more, with any and more murders, he decides that this is what he wants to do with his life. He wants to kill people. He obsessed over the murders and he really, really enjoyed thinking about them. And he kept kind of reliving those final moments of his victims' lives where he had total control 
And more importantly, he had their attention, which is all he wanted. He wanted attention from people. We're going to take a real quick break here, and we will be back in just a minute to finish off the first episode of this. We are back, and I just interrupted Kevin's murder math. (laughs) I left the room for a second. I came back, and he's like trying to categorize everything. I'm like, what are you doing? Trying to keep track of the murders. Just leave me alone. (laughs) Tally marks. Tally marks, dude. That's all I'm going to say. It's going to make it so much easier for you. No, no, I'm not trying to keep track of the murders. I'm trying to put it into perspective on, you know, he goes from this to this to this. And how his escalation has has progressed. Are you ready to uh, dive back into it? Okay. So we left off. He just... uh, he just parted ways with uh, Rogozin. Rogozin. Yep. Was okay with it. Just, you know, wants made sure he doesn't uh, tell anybody. Yeah. You know, okay. So, and so, we're up to five five deaths. Yes. So, uh, after he, after him and Rogozin parted ways, he went back to, to doing everything by himself. But he started to get more bold. Uh, because the home invasions just weren't enough anymore. He's like, he wasn't getting enough of a thrill of just breaking into people's houses when they're not home and stealing their shit. So three weeks after the second set of murders on the road, the voices are back at it. You gotta go. You gotta kill somebody. You gotta do it. And he does the same thing. Cuts off another car on a secluded area of road, forces the driver to roll down the window um, this time he got more than he bargained for, though. Didn't even flinch. Shoots the man in the head. Bam. Shoots the woman in the head. Bam. Opens the back door. Shoots their 11-year-old son in the head. Bam. Doesn't hesitate. No fucking hesitation. The fact that there was a child in the car, didn't care. Didn't even affect him. So that's another three. So, again, drags all three bodies to the sides of the road. Starts going through their pockets. I don't know what you're going to find on an 11-year-old child of value, but whatever. Listen, you could find, like... He's got fucking pogs or something? You know, he, he could have... He had a really fucking he, rad slammer. He or she could have, you know, some some fine jewelry on them. Yeah. Never know. Could have at least a thousand whatever they have for money. Fucking Zelda money. <laughs> whatever. Ruples yeah. or I don't know. He had a blue-eyes white dragon. Holographic. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Had to get that. The fucking cocksucker. So after this attack, he kind of lost the urge to kill a little bit. So he starts thinking, you know, I got to leave. The police are going to be looking for me here. Um, because obviously the police are going to be looking for me. I've been I've killed uh, eight people the same way. I'm sorry. Uh, four Seven people in the same eight. in the same manner. Well, yeah, was it eight? Ki- no, no, no. He's killed seven in the same manner. Right. So that 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 constitutes a pattern, you would think, right? So he's thinking, I got to get the fuck out of here. So in 1990, he packs up his life and heads for Western Europe and bounced around uh, for the next couple years through Germany and Austria, where he took little odd dro- uh, odd jobs. He took little odd jobs to. Uh, to pay for rent and stuff like that because he couldn't get a real job because he was technically traveling illegally because he didn't have a visa or a passport or anything like that. After a while of traveling, he started to 
you know, that, that little thing was starting to scratch in the back of his brain again. And, uh, he started to get that feeling like what he was getting before he started killing everybody. Like he just kind of blended into the passing crowd. Nobody cared about who he was. Nobody knew who he was. And at this point in 19, uh, it's like 1991, 1992 in that area, he actually considered killing himself. Um, unfortunately the voices told him not to. And they, they said, this is what he said. The voices told him, I live and keep doing what I'm doing and finish this game. Little weird. He would also tell a, a psychologist after he was arrested that he had quote, a direct mental link to Satan. So you can kind of take that for what it is, <laughs> you know, so over the five or six, five to six year period he spent in Germany and Austria, there isn't any evidence that he committed any crimes worse than theft and burglary. There's no evidence that he yeah. killed anybody while he was there. He did eventually return to, to Ukraine in 1995 when he started getting that urge to kill somebody again, which I don't know why you couldn't kill somebody in a different country. You have to go back to your own to do it. I don't really understand that. It's the it's, it's the it's draw revenge. Well, no, it's it's the draw. It's, uh, um, once again, he, he it's uh, it's boredom, and he has to go back to where people know him, and he's more familiar. That's true. With. So it's it's that uh, that draw back to uh, maybe I might get caught. Fair, very fair point. So he gets back to Ukraine. He's actually disappointed to find out that the police never started looking for him after the killings. Like they just ignored it. Huh. You know, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, when uh, the Ukraine became independent, his crimes had mostly been forgotten about because the area was so unstable still. But I mean, when a, when a country gets out of a regime that's responsible for the deaths of literally tens of millions of people, Eight people being killed in cars on the side of the road doesn't really make a dent. You know, what, what was it Stalin said? One death is a, tra- is a tragedy. A million is a statistic. Something. Yeah. So eight people in the fucking grand scheme of things in the, under communism and the Soviet Union. It's not even, not even a footnote. It doesn't even make the papers. So this pissed him off, of course, um, because he was he killed for notoriety and attention and had gotten neither in the process. So now he was going to make sure that people knew who he was. Now is when he's going to start like really, really ramping it up and making sure people know who Anatoly Onoprianko is. Okay. He got started when he visited a small town where he had a, like a second or third cousin, like a distant cousin that lived there. Um, and he knew his cousin was a, a pretty avid hunter. So he kind of goes to a little hill outside of his cousin's house. He sees him come back with a couple of rabbits and stuff and watches him put everything away in his house and come back out with the rabbits to take him into town to cook him. As soon as he leaves, he goes down to the house and grabs a double uh, over under double barrel 12 gauge shotgun and some other small stuff. He then retreats to a nearby barn with the shotgun and a handsaw that he had also taken from his cousin's house and saws the barrels down. So sawing down shotgun barrels kind of has three consequences. One, it makes the weapon completely useless for hunting. Two, it causes the pellets to scatter faster. 
and be completely devastating at close range. And number three, it changes the purpose of the shotgun. It's now specifically for killing people. Not many people out bird hunting with a fucking 12 gauge sawed off. No, it's it's it becomes a weapon designed specifically to kill other people with. There's no other. Yes, <laughs> there's no other purpose of it. Uh, in the winter of 1995, he went back to Odessa, which is where he had uh, abandoned his girlfriend and child. Um, he went back there because he knew Odessa pretty well. And he chose the city because he knew that he could get from point A to point B anywhere in that city without being detected or being noticed for the most part. He stakes out a few houses in a small town just outside of Odessa, and he found one owned by a 70-year-old woman. He breaks into her house just before dawn and went straight to the bedroom and shot her in the head as she slept. He then set fire to the house without taking anything. So it's no longer about robbing people. It's now about killing people. He And when he got back to the Ukraine, he, he took the police not finding any, anything or coming after him as a, a slight against him. So he now considered them his personal enemy. He wanted them to know about the crimes but not catch him. So he did everything in his power to mislead them while still carrying out all these murders and burglaries. This is why all of his crimes were totally random. He never targeted people or followed anybody for days like uh, Israel Keys would, where he would like, yeah. this is the family I'm going after and I'm going to track him for a few days. He didn't do that. He would just maybe like, he would just kind of stake out the house for a few hours. He's a Bundy. No, Bundy planned more than this guy did too. Well, no, Bundy, I mean, Bundy was random too. Right. Because when he killed the girls in... Uh, the sorority girls. Oh, that that was that was that was at random. Yeah, but that um, was that was his fucking berserker mode thing. Yeah, like, but, but up until then, he had planned things out more. Like, well, not like the the whole thing with with the cast where he got the fake cast and like, oh, I need help getting my boat off of here. He planned that. This guy was like, okay, this house looks good. Let's sit and watch for a second. But that was still a that was that definitely wasn't. Uh, I mean, it's premeditated. That but it's not necessarily planned as well. Yeah, that was, that was still. It's just still thrill killing, thrill murders. You know, he's still. It's not crime of passion. You know, he's still thrill. He's still in that realm of uh, first degree. Right. You know. After killing the woman in Odessa, he went back to Malin, which is the town that he had gone to forestry school in. He was out for a walk one night, kind of walking down one of the same paths that he used to as a kid, enjoying you know the smell of the trees and the grass and all this. And he kind of stumbles across a guy and a girl having sex in a car. So like a real fucking perv, he kind of like drops back into the trees a little bit and just kind of watches. And after a couple of minutes, he decides, okay, now's the time. Just fires around through the window, uh, injuring the man. This This was actually the first time that he would attack anybody and then not immediately go in and finish him off. So he kind of, he shot the guy and watches the woman jump out of the car, kind of scramble, getting her clothes back on. Cause he's like, okay, well she's running off to get help. I'll just kill anybody. She brings back. It's like fucking Christmas. So a couple minutes later, she comes back alone and he's like, yeah, whatever. Fucking shoots her, injures her. He comes out of the trees, um, 
pulls the man out of the car, pulls her away from the car, and cuts both of their throats. He then piles both bodies in the backseat of the car, drives to a more secluded area, goes through their pockets and all their valuables and stuff, sets the car on fire. He still wasn't getting any attention from the police, and it really just really pissed him off. So now he's working on what would be his permanent like modus operandi like this is what i'm going to do this is how i'm going to do it this is going to work well a month later in january of 1996 he found a family of four in a remote house outside of Malin. he stood outside until the kids had been put to bed and he starts throwing these like little tiny rocks and pebbles at the front door and the windows he's not across the street throwing them he's around the side of the house so he's kind of reaching around and tossing them into the door yeah so the man of the house comes out with a flashlight and he's looking around trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And uh, he turned to the opposite direction from where, or where Anatoly was with the flashlight. And as he turned, Anatoly jumped out from the side of the house and shot him in the head with a 12 gauge. It just completely blew the man's head almost clean off. Before he hit the ground, Anatoly was in the house. So it was bam. And he was right in. This is the new M.O. Kill the man of the house. Go in. Shotgun goes away. Draws a big ass hunting knife out of his belt. The first person he came across in the house was the man's wife. So she's trying to defend her kids and also trying to escape at the same time. He stabs her in the chest five, six times. He then kept making his way through the house because he'd watched them for long enough to know where all the bedrooms would be uh-huh. goes into the kids bedrooms individually and kills both of them. He knew that since this house was pretty secluded that he had time. So he kind of just really took his time going through everything and finding valuables. And then afterwards he stood on a nearby hill and watched the house go up in flames. So how many was that? That was another four, right? So he's up to, um, he's up to 12 adults and three kids. Okay. So that's 15 total. Yeah. It's a drop in the bucket. So again, from now on, this was going to be the way he was going to do things. You eliminate the biggest threat first, which is usually the man of the house. Move on to the women and children afterwards. Yeah. He found, and after that killing, he did find, uh, he did find somewhere semi-permanent to stay. Um, he had a, a, a relative named Piotr, a cousin, that lived in a small town near Lasky, where Anatoly was born. And I, I don't know why, but I have to I have to mention this. Being, <laughs> like, just being this part of the world, every time I wrote the word cousin, in my head, it came out like fucking, um, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Uh, Roman from Grand Theft Auto 4. Cousin, yeah, yeah. So that's so I kind of was like laughing as I'm writing this, and I'm like, this really isn't funny. I shouldn't be laughing at this. Um, so he told his cousin that he was down on his luck, and he he's like, I need somewhere to stay. I'm in between jobs. I'm trying to get my life back together. And Piotr says, oh, Of course, of course, you can stay. You know, we're family. No worries. You can stay here as long as you need. Piotr's wife, on the other hand, wasn't a huge fan of Anatoly. Uh, she thought it was weird that 
you know, a grown ass man at this point in time, doesn't have a job, doesn't have a family, doesn't have his own place. She also thought it was weird that after he started staying there, he would just kind of vanish for a couple of days at a time and then come home with no explanation. Oh, yeah. And there was also the rifle and sawed off shotgun that she watched him put under the bed that she wasn't a huge fan of. After a couple of months, she told Piotr, he's he's got to go. Get him the fuck out of here. He's weird. He's around the kids. I don't like it. Yeah. So Piotr's like, I can't really, I can't kick my cousin out. He's family. He's, you know, he's going through some shit. So he actually kind of came up with a plan. It's a little weird. But Piotr and his wife knew a local woman by the name of Anna Kozak who was a single mom of two. Uh, she was also a hairdresser in town. They figured, hey, they're both single. Maybe they'll hit it off. So they invite her over for dinner, and they kind of they clicked, like, very quickly. Um, and after, you know, after only a couple of weeks, he ends up moving in with Anna, and he kind of falls into the role of boyfriend and semi-stepdad for the kids. The kids really liked him. She liked him. He was good with the kids. Uh-huh. The only thing she said was uh, he was never abusive, but he could occasionally be a little cold and distant, which no shit. Look at who we're talking to talking about, I should say. Uh, so, again, she was kind of like, hey, why do you keep disappearing for a couple of days here and there? And he told her, you know, basically he was a he told her I'm a traveling businessman, so. I, I go for a couple of days here to this town. I come back for a little bit. I go to this town next, whatever. And she believed him. She She's like, okay. I mean, she had no reason not to believe him. He was making money. He was helping her support the kids and pay rent and all this stuff. So she was, she was totally fine with it. I mean, did she know something else was going on at first? No. After, like, after a while, I think she would probably be smart enough to start putting some, well, putting things together. But we'll get into that next week. Um, so shortly after they moved in, Anatoly took another, quote, business trip, this time to a town called Brotkovici. Uh, he targeted this town in particular because there had been um, the whole area that this town was in had had a, an extended blackout due to the weather. Of course, it's it's January in fucking Ukraine. Um, the power had gone out. And since it was anywhere between 35 to 55 below at night, they couldn't really get anybody outside to fix it. So again, he went there to target families, right? And Ukrainian culture made it really easy for him to destroy entire families because they're a, they're a very family oriented uh, culture. Like you'd have multiple generations living in the same house. You'd have a, Mom, dad, uncle, grandma, whatever, it's, it's, all living together. It's the old, uh, it's it, it's the old school, exactly. Way it's it's uh, the old country, yes, mentality of you know you take care of each other. Well, you take care you take care of your own, right? You know, I mean, we used to have that in this country for a lot of years, where yep. mom, you know, mom, dad moved in with. Um, moved in with 
oldest son or whatever. Yeah. You didn't put your parents in a nursing home. No. You took care of them. Yeah. Kind of like uh, 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 the Waltons. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I can see. Yeah, that's a good. That's a fucking perfect analogy there, John Boy. Well done. <laughs> yes. So in Brokovici, he dressed as a beggar. And uh, he did this because he could kind of hide right in plain sight because he was a he was just a regular looking dude. And then if he just threw like some shitty old clothes on, he would look like a homeless person. So he's sitting on the uh, he's sitting on the side of the road one day and he asks his man for some change. The guy goes, I don't have any, you know, basically tells him I don't have any change. And uh, Anatoly just, are you sure? You sure you don't have anything you can help me out with? And the dude spits in his face. It starts to walk away. Anatoly fucking loses it. He took this as like someone had just walked in and, you know, kicked his fucking dog across the floor. He stands up and shoots this dude in the middle of the street and killed him right there. He, uh, he, he didn't like being ignored. And again, he took this as a total insult and he couldn't allow that to go without repercussions. Well, once again, this, this kind of goes to that, uh, um, it goes back to his childhood Mm -hmm. being ignored. Someone ignores you. Well, okay. It kind of flicks that switch. Now I'm going to make you pay. Exactly. The, the others, I mean, He's had two, uh, I wouldn't really say two like this, maybe just one so far. This is his first one that's been like the the flick of switch. The, the, this one was pure rage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the others were just, you know, hey, just, I'm just th- seeking the thrill. Yeah. This I, I want to do this. This, this one is, was, I have to because you insulted me. Yeah, this, these, this is the second passion kill. His first one was the was his first kill. Yeah, I think that was just reaction. I don't think he had any but feeling it, there. He was yeah, just like, "Oh it, fuck!" It was a form of passion because you just you know it was it wasn't uh, premeditated. It just happened. Boom. Yeah, fair enough. This this is definitely not premeditated. It no. was just happened. But honestly, I'm gonna I want to disagree with you there a little bit because I think this guy had a plan to kill every single person he saw. I don't think he gave a shit. Like he would have killed anybody. Well, he probably was gonna kill him, but. At this particular, it, it may have not been just right then, you know, it right. may have been a little bit, you know, beyond that, but because the guy ignored him, it turned into that passion right. kill. So he, he drags this guy over to the side of the road, uh, takes all his valuables, takes his wallet, any jewelry he might've had, <laughs> then takes the dude's fucking clothes and changes into them because they were a similar size, which is kind of weird because... Wouldn't you think you wouldn't want to wear somebody's clothes that you just shot because there's going to be a fucking hole and blood all over them and it's for, it's well below freezing at this point in time. But what the fuck do I know? I'm not a psycho. He fucking kicks this dude down into a ditch. Anatoly's night was just getting started, though. He's walking down the exact same street and he comes across this house and there's obviously no power because the whole area is blacked out. Yeah. So from a kind of across the street, he sees this guy hanging up, uh, hanging up curtains in the front window. Can't help himself at this point in time. It's too easy to just, it, it would have been, it would have been more difficult to walk away from him than it would have to just do what he did. So 
he just fucking pulls up, bam, shoots the guy in the chest through the window. Climbs through the broken window, puts his shotgun away, draws his knife, starts walking the house. And again, this this isn't one that he had staked out for any period of time. He was just walking down the street and he's like, oh, this is a complete crime of opportunity. Like, oh, shit. I mean, I, I have to. He's right there. <laughs> yeah. It's like getting an autograph from a famous person. He's right fucking there. I got to do it. Except instead it's shooting a guy in the chest while he's putting up curtains. So pulls out the knife. Starts searching the house. Uh, he finds the man's wife and her younger twin sisters hiding in a back room. And like, as soon as the, the gunshot had gone off and the glass had broke, they ran. Cause they're like, what the fuck's going hold on? on so they on. went to hide. But you just said, so on, you, his, his, his wife, his, his, wife, his wife's twin sister. Yep. His, no, his wife and, and her younger twin sisters. So a total oh, okay, of three okay. people. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I just, you heard, I used to say twin sisters. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know if you meant it was his, tw- her twin sister and you just said sisters, or if you meant... I probably said it a little quick. Okay, so, so it was her, his wife and then her two twin sisters. Yes. Okay. So a total of three women. Yeah. Hiding. Yeah, he finds them in the back room, and uh, I just completely, they... no emotion at all, stabs all three of them to death. No, okay, I gotta ask for purposes of, you know, tallying here. Do you know if... The two younger ones, are they kids or are they adults? Didn't say. I would probably say adults, though. Okay. Um, so as he's going through the house, he's just kind of, you know, rifling through drawers and stuff, looking for valuables. And as he's in the bedroom where he's just stabbed these three women to death, kind of looks over and he realizes this woman's got a wedding ring on. He goes, okay, that's that's worth something. So he tried, he, he said he tried for about five minutes of trying to pry this, what this ring off this woman's finger, but her ring had been on for so long that her finger had kind of like anybody that's been married for a while, your finger gets a little fat on the other end of your ring and you can't necessarily pull it off easy. Yeah. So he just said, fuck it and cut Chopped her, cut her finger off. He said cutting her finger off was like cutting through butter. It was that easy. This guy's fucking gross. So after he just killed four more people, doesn't, you know, no emotion, whatever, hops back on a late train home. Uh, when he gets home, he walks into their apartment and he wakes Anna up immediately. Of course, she was happy to see him that he had come back from his trip a little bit earlier than he'd planned. So, of course, she's like, hey, you know, you're home. That's awesome. Um, and while she's still kind of a little like not fully awake, he goes down on one knee and pulls a wedding ring out of his pocket and asks her to marry him. With tears in her eyes, she says, of course. Of course I will. I love you. You're, you know, you're, you're the man that I want to marry. She didn't realize that her new fiancé and this fucking monster that's been stalking the country, that everybody's starting to get a little bit of an inkling is happening, that they're the same person. So that's where we're going to leave it for this week. What's our final tally on on deaths for episode okay. one of two? So he is at three kids. Okay. Uh, and 17 adults. Okay, so he's at 20 total murders. Yeah. Now, this is so – got to share this. So I've just been writing notes down and kind of analyzing this guy a little bit. And now – 
I come to the conclusion that so after his first killing, his first kid that he killed, he knows what he did was wrong, and his conscience kind of came in and was like, okay, I I gotta, you know, I gotta do something about this. I'm gonna try to kill myself. Well, he doesn't can't do it because he suffers from schizophrenia. He's definitely a schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he. And then he – so he, he does all this and then he goes back and he starts killing again. Well, um, he he wants attention because he doesn't – he never got attention as a kid. Mm-hmm. So – and he wants to be noticed. What is wrong with you? Were you not hugged enough as a child? Well, obviously not. Yes. Um, so when he does – he kills the the next two children – I think he realizes that, hey, it doesn't matter if they're young or old. doesn't matter. I'll kill them anyway. Let me hop in here a qu- real quick. He, I, I don't think that killing kids bothered him. I think it was just that those are the only three he's come across so far. Well, no. The first one did bother him because you said he wanted to commit suicide. Well, he wanted to commit suicide because people where he was – had no idea who he was or what he was up to or what he was capable of doing. Had nothing to do with the fact oh, that he killed well, that kid. It, it kind of it, how you portrayed it. It no, kind of came I, across as as that he um, that it was after he killed the kid. He realized because that's why he left. You know, because he just didn't. He felt bad about it and he wanted to commit suicide. Well, if if I gave you the impression that he felt bad about that, I apologize because he had no fucking conscience whatsoever. Okay, about well, it just anybody. seemed like that's what it was. So that's why I said that. Um, but then, like, like I said, he's just become numb to it, and he's just seeking that thrill, thrill of the kill, the hunt, mm-hmm. you know. And, and it's not a, I'm going to go out hunting every single night, and I'm going to um, just look for something. His is, his is just a spontaneous thrill kill to just to get off on it, the, you know, get, get his adrenaline, his endorphins going. Yep. That's what it is, but this is a. But then, but then his his uh, cousin introducing him to this woman, kind of, uh, made, I think must seem like it clicked something into him, saying, "Okay, uh, hey, huh, well, all right, I'm. Not, I guess I'm not gonna be noticed for this. So, all right, I gotta have something for." A cover story because, you know, I, you know, if something happens or whatever, well, I got to have a cover story. So at this point, so now he's gets into this relationship and now he's just proposed. I'm, 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 I'm going to be a married, I'm a married man. And I got, you know, this and that. And I don't, you know, why would I have anything to do with that type of thing? So he has a cover story for, you know, if somebody asks, why are you going on these trips and such like that? Kind of like what uh, kind of reminds me of Israel Keys because Israel Keys did that. He had a cover story, which was he had a a girlfriend. Was it a girlfriend or wife? Girlfriend. Girlfriend. Yep. And he had a daughter. I also went to the Trinity Killer from Dexter. Where? Oh no, I, I'm I'm a I'm a family man. I I yes, I, I go do all this other stuff on the side in different towns, but I'm a family man. I always go home. Yeah. True. I mean, that's yeah. what that's what that's what uh, Israel Keys did. And we're at we're at what twenty? We said, yeah. 
Uh, should I mention that? I can cut this part out. We're not even halfway there yet. Okay. Huh. Yeah, like he. Well, yeah, that's 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 my that's, that's yeah. my take on this. He's a he's uh. So he's definitely a psychopath. Oh, for fucking who? Sure. Who is schizophrenic? Um. You know, kills mostly just for the thrill of it. See, he does have a slight tendency to, to kill out of passion because of his um, need to be recognized and not and not to be um, dismissed. But he did another thing that a lot of guys don't do is he completely flipped roles. He started off as a guy who was going in burgling houses and then he would kill people because they were there. And then it became, I'm going to go kill these people. And since I'm there, I might as well steal everything they have. So he completely flipped those two roles in well, his brain. He, well, he went from, well, he, he also escalated, though. Absolutely. His escalation, his escalation point was, I'm going to go in. Oh, shit. They're, she's back. Boom. Kill her. Okay, fine. Right. Now, um, I'm that, just going to go in. And I'm that gonna, felt good. Okay, that felt good, but... I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll just you know. Okay, got this partner. Maybe we'll just go in. We'll we'll we'll. I'll keep robbing. It's that's a good thing. I can save thing to do. Yep. Okay. <sighs> getting bored. Getting bored. Uh, ooh ooh. Hey, look at this. Boom. Shoot these two people in the head. Shoot these two two people in the vehicle. Oh. Well, I'm a burglar too, so I'm gonna rob them. Exactly. So. That's where he starts off the, you know, the killing, then robbing. Then he's like, okay, well, that's not enough for me. I'm going to escalate to, I'm going to go to people's houses and maybe I can get more than just two. Now, the, the thing with the, with the whole thing when he was with Rogozin, I almost wonder if when they, when he first pulled the, pulled in front of that car, I think in his head, he was already saying, I'm going to kill these people. Probably. Yeah. But, but. I'm also going to go through their pockets and stuff because I have an audience and I don't want him to think that right off I'm fucking crazy. I want him to think that maybe I pulled the gun to try to rob the guy and he said something and I, I defended myself. I don't I, think that. I, I think I think I think he was he was trying to play himself a little bit to go I to make him go to say to Ragozin, I'm not necessarily a full time killer, but I will kill people if I have to. But in his own head, he's just like, fuck it. I'm going to kill everybody that I that I can. I don't think so. I think it was definitely a uh, – uh, that just like that snap moment. He just flipped the switch. He was like, oh, wow, there's a car. Two people. Fuck it. We're behind. Boom, boom. Kill them both. Oh, I'm going to rob them too. Fuck yeah. it. You know, there's no – I think it was just like – he went from one role to the next. Yes. To the other back. He reverted back to his other role because he was like, well, that's what I do. This guy is a psychological like anomaly. There's so much that goes into how his fucking brain works that it's really kind of hard to follow. And we'll, we're going to see more of that next week because yeah. as shit goes on, he just fucking deteriorates more and goes completely off the fucking rails. Oh, I... It's going to be interesting. Yeah. So. With that said, this is one of those episodes where 
you might want to have a pair of headphones for or and, earbuds. Unless you got a 20 on that test that I put up on the Facebook page, then buy the fucking Bluetooth speaker. That's true. <laughs> so go to studio.com, check out their headphones or earbuds or Bluetooth speaker. So you can listen in private or you can just share with everybody. You can scare your neighbors. That's true. They might be like, holy <laughs> shit. But put uh, whatever you find. I think I live next to a serial killer. <laughs> He listens to a lot of really weird stuff. Or, I listen, or he listens to people that are serial killers. I'm not quite sure yet. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say serial, but... All right, all right. Fruit Loops. No. Not bags. No, just not more than one. Well, anyway. Put those items in your checkout ba- a basket there. And go to the discount section of it when you get in the checkout. Put the promo code of... Dark Windows 15 in to get 15% off your entire order. Yeah. Because, you know, that's what we do. And also, go check out our little Threadless shop. Yeah, darkwindowspod.threadless.com and get a rad t-shirt. Also, if you happen to forget any of that stuff, like we always say, you can email us up at darkwindowspod at gmail.com to find out, you know, hey, guys, what was the... What was the studio page? Yeah. What was what was your Threadless page? How do we uh, become Patreon s- subscribers? Yeah, um, at patreon.com forward slash Dark Windows Podcast. Any of that stuff, or you can hit us on face on Facebook. We're Dark Windows Podcast, only one on there. Yep. Um, we also have an Instagram and Twitter page, which are Dark Windows Pod for both. And since we did mention Patreon, again, thank you, Robert Groom and Bobby Shavera for being patrons. We love you guys. Oh, and guess what? Right after we're done here, we're recording your first Patreon episode. So that'll be up soon. But you guys don't get to hear it unless you join up on Patreon. (laughs) And it's kind of, uh, this one's, this is personal. Like, this is a fucking revenge episode because this is one that, uh, that we recorded when we were all three of us together. And while I was editing, I had a computer glitch. It mm. went fucking fooey. <laughs> uh, there was a, a situation where it kind of just went completely foobar. And I lost all of our files for our old episodes. I lost the file for the episode that we had just recorded. And I lost our music. That's why we had new music. So I still had the show notes. So if you guys want to hear what you missed, you can join Patreon and find out. Uh, but with that being said just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean the dark can't see into you and we will be back next week to finish talking about this piece of shit did you say finish finish talking yeah (laughs) i'm talking finish Uh, oh okay but yeah we'll be back next week to finish up this motherfucker so i'll beat the zane bye-bye